Welcome to the Fat Feminist Witch Podcast. Today I'm ranting, raving, and wand-waving with Natalie Zayman, author of Magical Destinations of the Northeast, Sacred Sites, Occult Oddities, and Magical Monuments, which was newly released by Llewellyn Publications last year. I've already reviewed the book, both on the show and on the blog, so you can find that at thefatfeministwitch.com or in the previous episode here on the podcast list. Today, Natalie and I discuss her book, some do's and don'ts of magical travel, why it's so important to pay homage to indigenous cultures when you're traveling around, especially someplace like the northeast of the United States where colonialization really took root. We also have some fun talking about the types of souvenirs you can take home from famous graveyards and how much we both love magical coloring books. So find your best broom or vacuum cleaner and join us both on a little tour of magical destinations of the northeast with Natalie Zaman here on the Fat Feminist Witch. Okay, so are you from one of the states that you've written about in the book? Oh, yeah, no, I'm from Jersey. Oh, I'm a Jersey girl. I I was actually pleasantly surprised by the section on New Jersey in your book. I found it to be one of my favorites in the whole book. Really? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, and I've been to New Jersey, so I was, like, really surprised. (laughs) I obviously didn't see a lot of the the great stuff about New Jersey when I was there. I got to go back and take a better look. Oh my gosh, when um, there was this show, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but um, there's like Stephen Fry's America. Yeah. Like it's Stephen Fry goes to every state. Okay, so he goes to every state, right? And when he came to New Jersey, he went to Atlantic City. Oh no. And yeah, I know. I'm like, of all the places to go to, <laughs> you go to Atlantic City. And he's like showing a lot of senior citizens gambling and how yeah. it's like saddest spot on <laughs> earth. And. And whatnot. And I was like, oh, my God, really? <laughs> it's like going to Nevada and only going on the Vegas Strip. <sighs> like, oh, you're not going to get a proper view of New Jersey from there. It's it's yeah, we we really do get the short end of the stick sometimes. There's a lot of awesome places in New Jersey. Um, but yeah, no, the way that they made it sound was like we're like the armpit <laughs> of the country. It's so unfair. Yeah, I uh <laughs> I I totally relate to that because I'm pretty sure it was three years ago. Stephen Colbert referred to my city as like the asshole of Canada. Oh, <laughs> or Canada's oh. rectum. That's what it was. It was Canada's rectum, and it it got pretty popular uh, because most of us laughed about it. Yeah, but it does hurt. There's there's cool stuff here. Okay, so New Jersey. Yep, that's amazing. Is that where? Like, is that the first place that you visited any sort of magical or occult site? Well, I mean, I I was born here too. Yeah. So, you know, so I've I've lived here my whole life. Um, so I guess like in the grand scheme of things, uh yeah, yeah, no, I was I I'm sure I've been to magical places here um and didn't know it even growing growing up. Yeah. Like we didn't we didn't live too far from Princeton. So, you know, I went there a lot as a kid. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and I actually didn't get to travel too much um, as a as a kid either. I didn't travel. I didn't really start like going places until I was, you know, a, like late teens. Yeah. Like in, in college and stuff. So, you know, a trip for me would be like going down the shore. Well, down the shore. That's what we say here. It's like one of those weird New Jerseyisms <laughs> or whatever. Down to shore. Yeah. Um, you know, so but, you know, when you're a, when you're a kid, um, anything can be an adventure. Like yeah. going into the, we, I have woods behind my house. I was really, really blessed to have something like that. 
um, growing up. Yeah. Um, and that was just an awesome thing to have that and to be able to go and kind of separate yourself, uh, you know, from the world, even if it was like for like 15 minutes or something <laughs> like that, you know? Yeah. And um, once your concentration broke, you could still hear the road in the background, but for that little while. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. No, it's, it's strange. I've been like, actually it's, it's this is like the uh, you know third fourth time like the whole woods thing came up um and i've been like it's 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 kind of been something i've been exploring about and it's like a theme in literature about like how you know the witches in stories are always somehow in the woods yeah absolutely <laughs> they're always, yep they're always in the woods they're always like away from things and and whatnot so i'm like okay Oh, yeah. When I was a kid, every single old abandoned barn or shack or shed or something in the woods was the witch's house. Yep. <laughs> every single one. Because that's where witches live. They lived in the woods. Yes. And why not? Now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. And you know what? I can't I can't imagine how that would ever seem like a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. It's just like, you know, if you want to get away from 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 everything and then why you're surrounded the by nature and creature gets quiet there it actually gets dark there yes so yeah the more i think about it the more i'm like you know there's something to this yeah yeah i mean new jersey is obviously a very magical place oh yeah you know so but yeah yeah this is jersey i would say yeah that's it's the first magical place because it's it was my original magical place yeah it's where it all started it's what made you interested in magical places in the first place it sounds like that and being a Sagittarius. Oh yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll do it. I I feel like ninety percent of the people in my life are Sagittariuses, and <laughs> I just I, I can't get y'all to sit still. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just you have to explore, and I love that because I love exploring. So New Jersey was technically your first magical place, but what would you say was the first magical or occult site that you visited kind of on purpose and and what was it about it that made it stand out as like kind of different okay um i'm gonna go back to a, a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago when i was a teenager um and i started going into i i actually live and and pretty much almost anywhere in central new jersey and that's where i grew up um anywhere in central new jersey you're you're pretty close to new york city yeah you know it's it's not a, it's not a far reach to get there whatnot yeah. but when i was you know when i was a teenager it was a pretty easy thing to take the train from this town called new brunswick um into into yeah <laughs> have you have you ever been there no but been, I, it, it always makes me laugh because it's just so not far from new brunswick canada i <laughs> know it's true and every time i'm watching a movie and they say new brunswick i'm like oh oh are they in Canada <laughs> or the U.S.? And I always have to look it up. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I, I lived, like, not, I lived in, in North Brunswick, which was not too far from New Brunswick. All the Brunswicks are kind of together. <laughs> and, um, you know, I would, I would go into the city um, by a train and whatnot and, you know, and walk around and, and do stuff with whatever two nickels I had to rub together. Yeah, at the time. Yes, exactly. And when I was, I guess, like, it, if you go even further back than that, I mean, I always kind of had an interest in the occult, but nothing where I actually, you know, 
started, I guess, dabbling in yeah. things. It was when I was a teenager. And I think that's, that, that, that's true for many people. It's like when you hit adolescence, that's when you start the dabbling. Yeah. Um, and when I was a teenager, I was told about this store called the magical child. Um, that like, you know, you, you, ha- oh, you have to go there. Okay. Well, where is it? Well, it's, it's somewhere downtown. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm going to date myself here completely. Okay. Um, and I think I even said this in the book. I was like, there's, there's, there were no, you didn't have cell phones. Yeah. You know, that, that was about it. There were no Google maps. There was really no place to look it up. And, you know, apart from my friends in New Jersey, I really didn't have like family that would know where the local witch shop was in New yeah. York. And I couldn't ask, you know what I mean? So I spent a lot of time wandering around trying to find it. And it wasn't until like, I guess I was in, in, it was after college and I had landed my first job. I was working in, in Manhattan and I worked at St. Martin's press of all places. Um, and it was like two months into the job. Okay. And I found out I was pregnant with my oldest son. Go figure. (laughs) And yeah. And I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it was, I mean, the, 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 the thrilling, frightening, all those kind of things. Yeah. And I was wondering how, you know, I just started working there and I was like, how, what am I going to, you know, how am I going to tell whatever? Yeah. You know, cause, yeah. you know, when you're 20, I was 22 or something like that. And it was like, you know, I, it, you don't think about these things, you know, no. then now and then when I think about it, I'm like, yeah, you just tell them and everything will be fine. It works itself out. But back then I was, I was freaking out all over the place. So I went for a walk at lunchtime and I'm walking around and, and, and St. Martin's press is located in the Flatiron building. It's that really fun 1920s. Oh, I love yeah. the Flatiron building. I love I was, it. I was on the 14th floor. It was awesome. I mean, and it has, it, it was, you know, they have those like letter shoots that go from like the very top of the building all the way down to the mail room. I mean, there's like a, still oh a lot of God. details. Yeah. That are, that really kind of cool that they kept. That's um, my favorite and- place in New York. I, whenever I go to New York, I stay at the Chelsea hotel right down the street. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like my favorite little area of New York. It's so cool. Yeah. And I mean, that was, it. it it's a, a lovely neighborhood. I mean, like Gramercy park isn't too far from there on yeah. one side. So I'm walking around just at lunch and I, I was walking down one of the streets, like the nearby, cause it's 23rd and fifth Avenue. And I look up and there's the banner, the magical child. <laughs> so and exciting. that was probably, yeah, it's weird. Right. I mean, it was just like, cause I can't like up until that point. I mean, I really didn't like seek out like sacred or magical sites. I mean, I just, you know, I went places and whatever, and I was kind of, you know, too busy trying to survive and do other, you know, (laughs) do other things like that. Yes, exactly. Um, to then, you know, to, to, you know, now it's like a real, it's, it's, believe me, I I know how privileged I am, um, to be able to do this. Uh, but you know, back then again, you know, I didn't really give it too much thought, but like, I remember, looking up and seeing that banner and being like, after all this time, it found me or I found it when I was ready to find it. And it was just like, okay. And after that, I mean, like, you know, life happens and that kind of thing, but it was a little lesson too. It's like, keep your eyes open net because you never know when things will spring up on you. It's like the unplanned, 
you know, unplanned is always the best. It absolutely is. Especially when it comes to witchy stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel like when it just shows up all on its own, I'm like, well, I can't just ignore this. Yes. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. You know, I've been looking for it forever. There has to be a reason it's here now. Yes. You know, I still have, I bought, like, again, it was one of those, I was still rubbing nickels together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I still rub <laughs> nickels together. Um, but, I mean, like, then I was really rubbing nickels together and hoping something would happen. Please, little nickels, <laughs> make more nickels. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I had the book that, um, I still have the book that I bought that day. Um, it was called Culpepper's Book of Birth. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it was like just, you know, and it was just kind of cool that then I know knew where it was. I, you know, would go in and, and whatnot and eventually it did shut. Um, but now it's, it's so strange because I, I've been to like some other places in Manhattan, um, enchantments down, um, on the, the uh, pretty candles. Yes, yes, yes. They, you know, so they're connected to the magical child. And also Magical Realms, Lady Rhea's store up in the Bronx is also connected to the magical child because she knew Herman Slater and um, Ed Bezinski. Um, Ed Bezinski trained her. So it was just like, you know, this whole kind of circular you know, the thing. So, and, and it's like, these are years later that these connections have been like kind of connecting themselves. So, yeah. Yeah. You can trace almost all of it right back to that one spot that you were looking for forever. Oh yeah. Now it's a restaurant. And I think they have like every now and then there's like a reunion of, of, of magical child stuff. And it happens <laughs> at that restaurant. It's very cool. That actually is really cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it was, it was a fixture. And I mean, it was, you know, it was the warlock shop before that. And then it would, that would, I think that was when it was back in either Brooklyn or the Bronx or one. I forget which borough it was in before that. But that was in the seventies. Actually, the thing about the shops was one I, I really liked about your book. Cause I, I've been to a lot of the places in the Northeast and magical shops are a thing that I always try to find now. Yes. And mm-hmm. I always try to find them on purpose. And sometimes I find them on accident, but so I thought I, I could I knew what to expect a little bit from the book. And then right. I saw your section right at the beginning about shops. Right. <laughs> and I was probably not going to be a lot. And most of that is because of time and, and things closed down. Um, but I, I really enjoyed having to think about what other magical destinations are throughout the book. Like, I was really expecting to see a lot of shops and that's just not what I found. And there was tons of stuff on there that I didn't really expect or that I never would have thought of as inherently magical. Hmm. Um, and not that I wouldn't consider them to be like powerful, just maybe not someplace I would visit if I'm looking for magic. One of the examples right. I have here is the the Freedom Trail in Maine. Right. Okay. And I live I live in an area that uh, I live in Windsor, Ontario. So it's it was very much on the path of the Underground Railroad. And there's lots of Underground Railroad sites here. So those are sites that I've, I've visited and I love visiting places like that, those historical locations. But I definitely never saw that stuff as magical. So what is it about some of that stuff? And then also your your comments about First Contact Beach. There was a little bit of like a little bit of an activist flair in there about some yeah. of these, these places to visit that I think a lot of people wouldn't really consider them to be magical. What is it about those places that made you include them in the book? Well, that was something that, I mean... When I thought about it, you know, it, it, it was like, what is a magical place? Yeah. What's a sacred site? And 
I wanted to be very, very broad with that, not just because it gave me more material to work with, because certainly, I mean, like once you, you know, it's like, oh, you can call anything magical. Well, (laughs) you know, I wanted it to be broad because I know it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's that. And then also, if you dig deep enough in some places, you find stories. Um, And, you know, there's something it's funny, like when you're saying an activist flow, there is there's something magical and powerful in activism. I mean, just look at what's going on right now. Oh my god! In my yeah, I mean, I, I, I take breaks from the news because I just can't. I, yeah. You know, if I if I look too long, I personally won't be able to function. I'll get too upset, and part of it is being upset about you know just the things that are happening. Yeah, and then yeah. it's part of another part of it is being upset at you know how very upset people I care about are about. Um, and it's, it's, you know, I, I know that personally myself, it's like a lot of times it's like, you've got to be able to, to function and take care of yourself and take care of your own so that you can take care of these things when the opportunities arise, you know, and I'm saying to, to, to do things. Um, but just like, you know, not to get too far off on a tangent, just if you look (laughs) at what's happening right now, there's a lot of powerful, power emotions magic in yeah. the activism that is happening now. Yeah, lots of energy. Uh, and, lots yeah, of energy. And it's it's got to be a sustained effort, you know. Um, and I find with a lot of these places, because things were a sustained effort, like with the Underground Railroad, that energy lingers there. Yeah. Um, you know, and then there's, there's also stories, like the one in Maine that comes to mind with the Freedom Trail is the gentleman who was the tailor that would sew messages into the clothes um one of his stops i mean if that isn't an act of magic i don't know what is because even if he did yeah even if yeah even if he did it as a mundane thing and this is something that i wonder and i'm hoping that people get if you mundane things are more than mundane things yeah you know they always have been and they always will be i mean think about like even like cooking a meal for friends or family and what you put into it and the effort. Yes. It's a mundane thing. Yes. It's a practical thing, Yeah, but you put a lot of emotion and care and whatnot into it. So you're not just nourishing the body. You're also nourishing the soul. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the thought behind the cooking that, I mean, it's the thought that counts in general, but behind, behind the food in that example, that, that really does the most. It's not necessarily just the food. And that's, that's so true. And that's something again, that I saw all throughout your book, I really loved in Washington, DC, the examples of gods and goddesses that you could find Mm -hmm. everywhere in the statuary. And um, again, mentioning like Abraham Lincoln, which I feel like a lot of people would not, (laughs) they wouldn't think, oh, the Abraham Lincoln memorial is going to be super magical. I feel like that's not something people would immediately think. But I really like how many kind of average people things hold a lot of magic in this book. Absolutely. And I mean, that was the thing. Like I said, one one of my if you want to call it a purpose or underlying purpose was keep your eyes open, you know, and 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 your mind open and be open to this energy, because no matter where you go, I mean, there's sacred sites that are inherently sacred and they have their own energy because just because of where they are or what they are. I mean, you know, location, but then there's the type where people bring that energy to the place 
and it lingers there. You know, like these 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 miraculous caves where saints were and people bring their crutches and stuff and they leave them there and, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and they're leaving that gratitude and that awe and whatnot and it's residual and you can feel it. I mean, Lincoln Memorial, I mean, think of how many things happened there. I actually teared up when I was reading that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tear up a lot, but I, I, I teared a lot, up a lot when I was reading the part about the Lincoln Memorial because I was like, God, that just makes so much sense. <laughs> so many incredible things have happened in this area that even if Lincoln himself or the memorial wasn't inherently magical, I mean, the kind of energy that's been expunged there and used up and, and the kind of inspiration that people get when they visit that place now, that definitely... That definitely leaves something behind. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a silly reference um, that, you know, if you've ever do you, do you watch The Simpsons? Yeah. Yeah. OK. All right. So there was a um, there was an episode like a way old episode where it's I think it's called Lisa Goes to Washington or Mr. Lisa Goes to Washington. And she yeah. writes this essay. Yes. OK. So she goes to, you know, to um, to talk to to Abraham Lincoln to tell him her problems. But yeah. that's something people really do. Yeah. They, you know, it's like to, to listen. It's like, you know, because he's supposed to be so wise. It's like Solomon. You know, so when people go there looking for answers, it's like they bring that that hope, that anticipation yeah. that, you know, what, you know, whatever, whatever it is that they're bringing and they and they leave it there. And it's it, you know, again, it's there. You can feel it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> another another way that I saw a little bit of activism here in your book, which I, I really liked. Um, it was right at the beginning and then again, all throughout the book, you made mention of the the indigenous tribes that are from these areas of uh of the u.s from the northeast there and you actually listed out um quite a few of them not i think it says that this isn't all of them but these are these are the main ones that you can find Um, right and you listed all of them throughout each state a little list of everybody and like a, a little bit of guidelines for visiting native american sites why was that so important to include in what most people would just see as a, a regular travel guide. Um, all right. So there's, it, it's funny because like something happened after the book was written and, and actually like when it was like in the process of, of like it's, it's finalization that kind of hit home to me, but I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, when I was doing the research, I mean, I, I'm no expert on Native American affairs by any stretch of the imagination, nor am I Native American. And I can actually say that with confidence now that I've done the DNA test. I don't have a drop. Um, (laughs) There you go. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, so I am writing from a place of, again, someone of privilege about um, a group of people who have been wronged and taken advantage of and god knows i don't know if we're ever going to be able to make that up to them i don't know uh i you know i I mean it's just it there's there's you know i mean all you can do i guess is 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 try your best and and try to move forward and do the right thing and and whatnot but i really wanted to do some serious justice uh in in that arena and number one it's like you can't clump all Native American nations and their subgroups together. Absolutely. So I tried, yeah. So I tried to break it out, and the, and real estate in the book 
was it was not plentiful. So, you know, I just I, I wanted to write out as much as I could, you know, to like distinguish the different groups. And then you can't just go anywhere. Yeah, it's it's not right. It's not respectful. You wouldn't walk into somebody's house. Yeah, just, you know, whatever. But there are plenty of places where um, as of the writing of the book and remember, things can change. You know, um, rules can change and it's it's a responsibility as a traveler to seek that out before you go somewhere. Always look Uh, that stuff up before you go anywhere. Absolutely. But there's 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 plenty of places where visitors are welcome. Many Native American sites are in national and state parks and whatnot. And then you go there and you and there's, you know, you know, you be as respectful as you possibly can. Um, And back to the DNA test. Um, I had, um, I had, uh, had dinner, um, with some friends and I, you know, I was asked, Hey, do you have any Scandinavian ancestry? And I was like, not that I know of, you know what I mean? I, I, my dad, um, you know, my mom is Italian. My dad had always told us that we were Scottish, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, use Scottish English blood a lot. Um, but I was like, I never heard of any kind of Scandinavian, whatever. Anyway, I was intrigued enough to do the DNA test and, and also go on Ancestry and whatnot. I really want to do the DNA test. Yeah, it's it's definitely, uh, it's an eye-opener. I mean, there were, so, the, there, were some, there were some surprises. I mean, some <laughs> not surprised. Like, like the 50% Italian, when it came back, and it was like, yeah, 50% Italian. I'm like, yeah, okay, I, I knew that. But my dad's side of the family, which I really didn't know too much about, only like things that he told me, and he's, he's since passed on were uh, yeah there was scandinavian ancestry in there my my grandmother on my dad's side was uh half french and half uh, norwegian wow but on his father's side i'm a mayflower descendant no way so <laughs> i kind of see and i'm working yeah, i'm working on the paperwork for that at the moment but i have a, in my eyes i have even more of a responsibility yeah. then to you know to do justice where i can and what you know what little i can do so hopefully I manage that in in this and hopefully if I get to do the rest of the series, you know, the, the rest of any any Native American nations that I encounter. And like I said, I, I hope that that I've done it some what they've gone through some justice. But how can I because I'm not Native American? Yeah. So I, can't be, I can't even begin to understand that struggle, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I I was really I was really impressed with that section because I feel like. I feel like, especially with with pagans or or New Age people, we tend to take a lot from Native culture, uh, especially where I live. I don't know if that's because I live in in Canada, um, and Native culture has kind of just seeped its way into everything we do here, just a little bit, uh, more so than I think some of the other places that I've been, but you rarely see any sort of mention of the fact that we've stolen a lot from native culture or magical people. Like people just talk about sage smudging all the time or use the word smudge and they don't really, they don't have any sort of little context or, or footnote there. Like, Oh, Hey, by the way, (laughs) we slaughtered all these people. So, you know, maybe ask before using words like smudging or, or gathering native herbs or something like that. So I, I was really impressed to see some, some mention of actual native culture and being respectful to native culture. So I was really excited to see that in the book. Thanks. Thanks. That means a lot, you know, cause that was, that was an important point even before my own personal discovery, like family discovery. Yeah. Um, that just kind of hit it home, you know, like even, even further. Yeah. So, 
you know, you just you try to be as responsible and as respectful as possible. You know, and when when borrowing from, you know, from any culture, I mean, I you know, I think you know nowadays it's like we we kind of. You know, if, if something resonates with you, yes. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that I like I never looked at another culture and was like, you know, and, and if something resonated with me, I, I didn't turn it away. But yeah. I think it's very important to to recognize and give credit to that culture. Yeah, absolutely. You know? and, you, and you certainly can't be like, you know, you, you take something and then you treat the other party like garbage. You can't, you know what I mean? You can't do that. <laughs> But I don't think they're thinking. That's no. the thing. I think that that's what it comes down to. Because I, I really honestly believe that people are good. The majority is good. Yeah. Uh, that that people really will help each other out. I mean, I've I've seen that in action. And I think when things like that happen, and I might even go with you know, I think like same thing like with what's happening in in the states now. Yeah. I just don't think people are thinking. You know what I mean? And it's like if you really sat down because we're moving, it's like it, we all have to resolve things right now and get it all done. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Take deep breath, you know. And, uh, yeah, and, 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 and try to, you know, try to, to figure this out and really think about what's going on because can you imagine if we really thought about everything we did? Oh, my God. Now we might not go anywhere, but that's <laughs> – you don't mean so I don't think either. it's possible to think of everything, but I feel like some people should maybe think of other stuff more often. Yeah, but just think about yeah. a couple things. Yeah, you think know? about a couple different things from now on, maybe. Yeah, the um, <laughs> the stuff mm-hmm. that's happening in your country is is really bumming me out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it, else to say it. If I say it any way, other way, I think I'll get really upset. But it's it's really bumming me out. So like reading your book and remembering all the stuff I I really love about America was a pretty nice feeling. <laughs> Thank you. We're going to get through this. Yeah. We're going to get through it. It's one day at a time, you know, and it, yeah, the one day at a time is hard, easier said than done. Oh, God. Um, Some of these, but, you know, it's only been like, it's been a week. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, and it's going to happen. But like I said, it's, it's, it's a one day at a time thing. We got to just deep breath. And, yeah. and you go, but there is good and there's plenty of, you know, you just have to, you know, be aware of it. And there is, there's so much, I mean, like I said, I've, I really believe that people are, they're, they're good and they will help each other. When we made the cross country trip that inspired this book, because we, we made this, uh, I did the, one of my bucket list things was to, to drive across country. Oh, you know, perfect. so we drove, yeah, we drove to California through the like northern states and drove back to the southwest. And I cannot tell you how many wonderful people I met. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. we were gone for a while. And I mean, we were in situations where we could have really gotten hurt, screwed, whatever you call it. One of them was like we, we broke down in the Texas panhandle on the 4th of July at three o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and I cannot tell you how many people stopped. Hey, do you need water? Yeah. Do you want us to wait with you? Do you need a ride? Do you need to use a cell phone? Do yeah. you need anything? And people are good. So, yeah. you know, I just keep faith that it's going to work out. It, it, it's it's going to work out. We're going to do this. <laughs> we are going to do this. We're going to do it. No. I agree. And you know what? I've, I've visited a few American states and I've never really had a bad experience. The people I met there, like like you said, are they're amazing. They're amazing. They're helpful. They know even more about Canada than the people in Detroit right <laughs> across the river do. 
when I was in Salem, Massachusetts, they they were like, hey, isn't it Canadian Thanksgiving? And like directed me to a place with good turkey sandwiches. <laughs> I'm like, that's wild. People in Detroit think I live in an igloo. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> some of them. But um, but I, I uh, so I, I found nothing but great people across the states. And, and actually, you just gave me a perfect lead into my next question, which was what inspired you to write this book about this section of the states? Like, why why did you pick this place to start? Well, the the book actually was is this is very different than what I originally proposed. I originally proposed one book with all 50 states. It was going to be two sites per state, the emblems and the stop by for a spell because I really wanted I really wanted that to be a part of things. Oh, yeah, I love that. Second yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and when we we ended up selling it, you know, selling the idea, um, the uh, you know, Llewellyn was like, OK, this is really a cool idea, but we want to, we want like want more, more like you know, quantity, more sites, more more of everything. Yeah. So let's break it up into four books, and we'll start. They they decided to start with the Northeast, which was a gift to me because that's my home turf. Yeah. And it's yeah. very easy for it was very easy for me to get around from place to place, like just about. Every like those those uh those those twelve including yeah. DC because it's not not a state technically, but these twelve places, I could drive to all of them. Some of them a little far, yeah. some is a little crazy. Yeah. Um, but I've done it. <laughs> That's <laughs> done the it joy out. of traveling. I think I think yeah. the I think the road trip is my favorite part of any vacation. Honestly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, no. There's nothing like seeing it from the you know from the ground. So it was just like okay, you know, we'll do we, we're going to do it that way. So we ex- we ended up expanding things. Like when after I wrote the first draft, it was like okay, there were a lot of a lot of parks and and you know natural places, but it was like let's 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 do something more like more museums, more thing more things like that. Yeah. You know, and I was like okay, you know, and it was just like more material and whatnot to work with because I'm very much a city person. Um, I grew up, like I said, in New Jersey, I grew up going back and forth to New York. So, you know, museums and shops and things like that are really, I was like thrilled to be able to, to add stuff like that um, to it. And then, you know, we ended up putting in like tidbits and folklore because I would find like little pockets of, Oh, so-and-so lived here. Yeah, you that's know. too interesting to leave out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and, um, you know, we had to take some things out. There were, like I said, real estate was really valuable. Um, at the end of the day, it was like, well, we don't have any room for acknowledgments. Okay, I'll put them on my website. Well, let's cut down the bibliography. Okay, well, I'll put the whole thing on my website. <laughs> so the bibliography in the book is abridged, but I have the the whole thing with active links and everything um, on my website. Oh yeah. So, I, I've been clicking through it. I think for the last like week, <laughs> just, yes, please report any links that don't work because I, you know, I'm constantly fixing them. You know, if, if something, you know, if something isn't, uh, isn't there anymore, if a resources, you know, has been pulled or, or whatnot, then at least I could find it some, you know, find it somewhere else to give the reference. That's super fun. So you visited, you visited all the States and you were going to actually write all the books. So, what are the what are like the the areas of the other books? Because a few a- a people actually asked me, they're like, "Is she going to write other books for other sections of the yeah. states?" And I was yeah. like, "I'll ask." Well, the plan is, you know, and again, everything depends on, you know, if this book sells well. 
Yeah. It's, it, that's just the way of the world. Um, you know, and I think so far it's doing okay. The plan is that the next one will be the West, followed by the South, and then followed by the Midwest. Um, so cool. the West, I think, is Alaska, Hawaii, Oregon, Washington, California. It's it, they're all around. They're all about twelve, thirteen, and I think you know twelve to thirteen states. Yeah. And I think the biggest one is the Midwest that has like the most states in yeah. it. That's gonna. <laughs> that one's gonna be my book. That's technically I where cannot, I live. I cannot I live. wait to do the Midwest. You know, there's lots of stuff hidden in there. You know, my mother-in-law lives in Michigan. I love going there. It's, you know, it's all uh, all sorts of fun stuff going on. I love Michigan. <laughs> I really love Michigan. And Detroit is, I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. Detroit yeah. is amazing. Ferndale has a lot of magical people in it and a lot of magical stuff happening all there all the time. So I think you'll really like getting to the Midwest. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, and Ohio, and, and oh, gosh, yeah, so, I mean, I can't, you know, I, I just can't wait to, to do that one, you know, I, but patience. I can't, I can't wait for all of these. I'm so excited. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff in that book that I, I just had, like, no, <laughs> I had no idea about at all. I, I was really surprised by how many, like, like, small little cultures live all over the Northeast, especially mm-hmm. the Pennsylvania Dutch, I found to be super, super interesting. Um, oh, yeah. I, I didn't know how, how like fun and magical, everything about their culture is the only word I can think to use. But I, how fun and, and magical some of their like cultures and customs and traditions and stuff are. And I totally forgot what, what my question was related to that. <laughs> Whoa, maybe mm. I need a second coffee. That's a struggle. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I only had one. I also loved how funny the book was. The bit about um, <laughs> was it Cotton Mather? Or was it his dad, the witch doctor? Uh, I think it was. I think it was Cotton Mather. Oh, you were talking about Spy Pond, right? Yes, Spy Pond. Okay. Well, okay. Where uh, the water spirit there dumped Cotton yeah. Mather out of his canoe. <laughs> Give the water oh, I've got a. Five. <laughs> I got a shout out to um, to my friends Blake and Gwen for uh, for for turning me on to that. Because they were, that's, uh, they were like, oh, you know, sp- you know, they had told me about Spy Pond. So I did some research and I was just like, oh, no. I was like, this has to go in there. I could not um, stop laughing. <laughs> it's just, that kind of stuff is, is a lot of fun. And it's something that I feel like would be difficult to find out any other way. <laughs> Unless you know someone who, who lives there. That's something you would never find out in any other way. I really liked how... Like, how many, like, locals you obviously talked to to get some of this information? Not just the sit down for a spell. How many times did you feel like you had to talk to people that lived there and get some of these weird little inside stories that most people don't really realize? Oh, I I stuck feelers out from the beginning. Um, When I was, uh, well, I I still write for for Witches and Pagans um, magazine. And that actually like has brought me to, to many different places and has connected me to many different people. So, you know, as soon as I knew this was going to be a thing, it was like, okay, who do I know in Maryland? Who do I know in Delaware? And I was just like, okay, guys, if, if you had to say, you know, a magical site that you wanted to share, because let's face it, there's also places that are, you know, not off limits, yeah, but that you're not going to share because they're either too personal or, you know, they're like, they're the kind of place that you got to stumble upon. Yeah. Um, 
There are it's just several. Not the same pla- if you don't find it yourself, sometimes. Exactly, and there's also places that like are are definitely off limits. Like there's there were places that I found, and they were online. Um, like these standing stones in New England. Yeah. Um, there's this one called um, there's their their calendar sites. They're all called calendar sites because they line up. There's stones that line up. Um, with like the equinoxes and the solstices. Um, some of them are on private property, so they're off limits anyway. Um, but some of these are really potential, and I say potential because we really don't know the history. They have not been studied. Potential Neolithic sites. Wow. Um, and if they are, you really don't want people messing with them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard I've heard tell of of people who are, like they have these, stone formations on private property and people would be seeking them out. So they just tore them down, you know, because they're on, they're on my property. I don't want trespassers on my property. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, that you know, makes that, me really sad. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, you know, but again, that's why like there's certain things that are just, that are off limits, you know, but I would put the word out and, and that was another thing. Like if I found something like that, it would be like, I would try to go to the ends of the earth to find, you know, is, is this a place where people can go? Yeah. And if there was no answer, then it was like, you know what? You're not going to find out about it from me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause it's just not, it's just not, not a good idea to to share stuff like that you know find a lot of sites like that a handful okay you know um a handful a handful of places where i would try to seek it out probably places i'd like to try to see myself but there's no guarantee that i could get in there even with the you know going through the proper channels and and that's contacting the person whose property it is yeah as a matter of fact there was one that i had contacted that the formation on this property also may have been related to H.P. Lovecraft, like, and in some of his stories were, like, that inspired him to, you know, write about them. Um, That, you know, and uh, she was very forthright and was just like, no, we do not allow people on the property. We feel that we are the custodians of these objects. Ergo, there will be no access to them. Yeah. I respect that because yeah. it's just like, you know, I mean, it's not like they're trying to, you know, pre- they're, they're pre- trying to preserve it, yeah. which is like, that's the thing to do. It so like, the, is. yeah. The other thing is, like I said, but as, as for like the tearing down thing, remember it's, I heard tell, yeah. I didn't actually, you know, that again, and that's, that's another thing that I learned, um, in, in doing the research and whatnot for this book is that when it comes to history and when it comes to, uh, events, happenings, etc., etc., etc. It's all very relative. There's a lot of layers and stories and and people's opinions. So there are things we may never really know the whole truth. Yeah. And uh, you know you kind of have to work within that frame of you know reference or whatever. But uh, yeah, no, I, I would for the other. I, I stuck out feelers all over the place, and you know, and that'll be the same for the next and the next. Because there's nothing like a local voice or someone who's lived in a place forever or was born there who could tell you, you know, okay, you know, yeah, you, you really need to make sure that people are aware of of X, Y, or Z. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, locals are the best source of that. They're the best mm-hmm. source of that. When, before I went to Salem, I went to Salem in October a few years ago. 
Listen. Yeah, it was great, but I'll never You're go back brave. in October. <laughs> and if I, I had just listened <laughs> to the people who live in Salem who warned me of that beforehand, <laughs> my trip might have been a lot different. <laughs> well, you know what, though? You, you kind of have to you kind of have to see it in its glory like that because it, it yeah. it's you know um and and summertime is a little bit a little bit crowded and whatnot as well but it's nothing like october oh, wow. you know um it's I've yeah, seen it's, so many people in such a small area before in my life yeah. <laughs> didn't eat at a single restaurant because i couldn't get in <laughs> oh my gosh yeah no we've i mean i've gone to salem at all different times of the year yeah um and you know it's it's always open. It's always, you know, the, the things are always there. Yeah. Um, yes, there are certain things that happen at, at, at you know, Halloween Salon that, you know, that, that don't happen in the springtime. But, um, All the oh, fun, yeah, silly monster stuff and like, <laughs> um, like, uh, like wax museum style haunted houses and stuff. I was like, wow, I didn't really expect that. I oh, still yeah. did it, but I, <laughs> but I didn't expect it to be there. <laughs> Oh yeah, but um, mm-hmm. but but yeah, I, I I definitely believe in talking to the locals about the stuff. They mm-hmm. they know stuff about the areas that no one else could find out. That's not on the internet or in a book anywhere. I mean, until no, now. absolutely. <laughs> until oh. now, your your book <laughs> is so much fun. It's it's a lot like you. Like I said, I I could tell that you would talk to a lot of local people because there's quite a bit of stuff in there that's just not mm-hmm. stuff you really usually read in a book. <laughs> It's stuff you usually have to find out by by getting lost in some of these places. So I really appreciated not having to get lost. Oh, thank you. That's <laughs> awesome. Because I get lost. Um, something. W- one of the things I really liked in the book, and I liked seeing a lot of, because I also like this, was graves and gravestones okay. that people would find really interesting. I love finding graves and, and old gravestones, especially in, in old graveyards. The older, the better. I just think they're really interesting. And you have kind of a history with graveyards here. You also helped co-create the Graven Images Oracle, which has a lot of pictures of of gravestones and and cemeteries. What is it that you find about visiting these old gravestones that is so interesting to you? I've always, I've always loved cemeteries. I think they're very peaceful places. Um, And it's also, it's a multifaceted place. You know, I mean, yes, it's it's it's, you know, a place where the, the you know, where the dead are buried, but it's historical record, it's museum, it's park. Yeah, it's it's so many things, um, all sorts of, you know, hidden, you know, little gems to find. Um, and usually I mean, and the other thing is they're also free. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> you, you, they're it's seriously I mean, it's it's a place that you can go and spend hours and see so many things and it won't cost you a dime. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a small thing, but it's just, you know, there's, you, you could learn a lot from, you know, and not just about like, you know, history or whatnot, but like you could learn a lot about a town by visiting its cemeteries. Like you'll see if like, you know, if you go into an older graveyard and you look at the names of the streets, you'll find them in the cemetery yeah. because normally those, those streets have been named after people who have built up that town. That's true. And whatnot, you know, and then there's like, you know, then there's unusual graves and, and, and making gravestone rubbings where it's allowed, you know, 
there's just so much. And then there's like the whole stories of the people who made those stones and who carved them. I know that like now you can get like pictures and stuff etched into uh, into like, you know, granite tombstones and whatever. But like um, on some of these older, there's a there's a handful of carvers. Yeah. Um, you know, not not. I mean, I'm sure there's, there's many, many carvers, but I'm thinking, you know, in New Jersey, um, in the like, oh, the 16th century, there were like, you know, a few that were well known, like Ebenezer Price. Um, That's so cool. And, you know, and he did he did stones all over the place. He's buried himself in Elizabeth. Well, he didn't bury himself. But you know what I mean? <laughs> about right he is buried in elizabeth wow man of many talents yeah yes who who would have thought (laughs) you know but i I do a um every year there's a i live near a town called boundbrook and they have a an older cemetery next to the library with a lot of revolutionary war dead in it and um there's a couple of ebenezer price stones in there and this year was was pretty cool because they had i was doing a gravestone rubbing demonstration but they also had a guy who was like who was an expert on like a few of the carvers that worked within like the different counties in the area so we were able to talk about their lives and whatnot. It's so funny. It's like everything is so interconnected and, and whatnot. There's always a little thread that goes somewhere. Now I really want a book about tombstones. <laughs> That's really interesting. I, I didn't know that much about gravestone carvers, to be honest. I feel like it's something I never looked up, and now I think I'm going to try. There's a um, – the, the folks who did the Stop By for a Spell for Maine, yes. um, they just came out with a book that – goes into all of that kind of stuff. Oh, I, I don't remember the name of it, but if you look up gravestoneartware.com, then you'll find their book and, and all sorts of other stuff. But they, they've been doing gravestone studies and gravestone art and, and that kind of stuff for years. And another good book is Stories in Stone by Douglas Keister. goes into all sorts of symbolism, symbolism excuse me, um, all, and lots of good pictures in there as well. So. Yeah, so stop by for a spell from Maine. Paulette Chernak and Cassandra yeah. Davidson. Yep. Gravestone Artware is, is an amazing... friendly site. gravestone rubbing kits. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, Gravestone Artware. I'm yep. definitely going to be looking that up. That's really interesting. I, yeah. I, I, like I said, oh, man, I'm learning so much from this book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning so much of this book. So, grave rubbings. Tell yeah. me a little bit more about that. Did you do that a lot on your with some of the graves that you have here in the book, some of the more well-known graves, is that something you're allowed to do with something like Edgar Allan Poe or H.P. Lovecraft? Um, all right. So yeah, I have some, I have, I have a couple funny stories about this. So I, I always, again, I liked doing gravestone rubbings because they're kind of like free souvenirs. Yeah. yeah <laughs> okay. They really um, are. Yeah, I know. I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's, that was that was something I like to do. And especially when I, like I said later in life, when I was able to travel more, um, it was, you know, it was it was a good way to rem- And I liked the cemetery. So it was a remembrance of the cemetery and remembrance of the people that I would go and see. So I think it, it, it actually the, that started like way back when I back even when I was teaching and we took students over to um we did an overseas trip we went to England and we went to to France and I got to make rubbings of like Jim Morrison's grave and what I know Oscar (laughs) Wilde and and whatnot and then it was funny because like years later after my daughter was born we went back and 
I was like, because I didn't have the rubbing anymore. I must have given the one, the, the copy I had away. And I was like, okay, well, back here. I was like, how often do I get to come here? I was like, <laughs> going to the cemetery. We're going to make a, a rubbing of Jim Morrison's grave. Fair enough. We get there. And now there's a fence around. It. I mean, there was always like some sort of, you know, person kind of hanging out there. Yeah. Um, because like people would like write stuff on it. There used to be a bust years ago and that's gone. Now it's just like this like kind of bronze plaque with a stone. You know, if people were just cool about it in the first place and just hung out there and like smoked their pot and left a little <laughs> note on the grave, then none of this would happen now. <laughs> no, but when I went, there was a fence That's and so I'm sad. looking at it and there was nobody there. There was just like the grave and the fence and I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm looking at my daughter who was, she must've been like maybe, let's say, let's call her 11 or 12 at the time, <laughs> maybe 10, 11 in there. And I'm like, you know what? I was like, I could go in there. And she's like, Mom, I do not want to go to French prison. I was like, no. I was like, we won't go to French prison. I was like, I, there's nobody here. You just look out. No, no, no. Let's not do it. <laughs> I don't want to like, go to French prison. <laughs> and I'm like, Mary, what happened to the Mary who like would, you know, was had adventures and all this other kind of stuff? And she was like, I left her at home. We are not going into that, that whatever. So I was like, okay, fine. So we left and we, we went around and I made a rubbing of Oscar Wilde's grave and I made some other stuff. And then we came back and lo and behold, when I came back, there were people around the grave, not like guards or anything, but just people. Yeah. And there were little candles, lit candles in inside. Right. And I was like, really? I was like, someone went in there. You know, and, and they were like, you know, just like a bunch of hippie kids. And they were like, yeah, we went in and look, we took these pictures of ourselves with Jim and whatnot. I'm like, I'm going in there, right? Yeah. So they all, watched, they all were watching. I made rubbings for all of them, made one for myself. And that's when the guard came and threw us out. Perfect. So, and we did not go to French prison. It was all good. So there, <laughs> there we have it. But yeah, no, there's, there's places where you're not allowed to, 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 um, to make rubbings. New England is kind of infamous for that. Um, you know, especially in Massachusetts, Rhode Island, we managed to sneak in a few of HP Lovecraft before that, you know, the park ranger came around and told us that was a no, no, I kind of rolled them up and put them in the car and was like, you know, okay, we, we won't do that again. I'm very, very sorry. Yeah, um, I had no idea. My bad. <laughs> yeah. But they're, 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 if there are rules, they're usually posted. And again, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you got to be responsible and, and look it up. But I think I want to say like the almost the whole of Massachusetts, unless you get permission because you're archiving something, they don't allow it. Because if you don't do it right, you really can Mess do damage. Stone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really believe that. When I when I was in Salem, I saw the the tombstone of someone who had come over on the Mayflower, and there was like a almost like an iron or a steel kind of casing around the actual tombstone, kind of holding it yeah. all together so that if people yeah. touched it on the edges, they weren't actually touching the stone. I yeah. still saw kids playing leapfrog over it, though, and that really bummed me out. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> it really <Yeah>. bummed me out. <laughs> but, um, but wow, that's really cool. That's something I didn't know and didn't even actually plan to ask you about. But that's really yeah. interesting now. They are like free souvenirs. I collect yeah. like every little bit of paper that I get on my travels. I collect yes. and bring home. Like I have a stack of basically what is Salem junk mail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like sitting in a box and it's my like precious souvenirs. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, like I said, really good way. I mean, like, you could always take pictures, too. But it's yeah. something you've made yourself and, and whatnot. You know, and if it's done the right way, and like I said, if, you, if you're if you in Massachusetts or another state that doesn't allow it, you know, 
write to the town beforehand. I mean, the worst I could say is no. Be yeah. like, I'm archiving X, Y, Z. You, it, it requires a little bit of planning beforehand, but worth it, you know? Yeah, absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. So other than, you know, grave rubbing supplies, do you bring <laughs> any other items with you when you're visiting magical locations? So a lot of these magical locations, I notice there's a little spell or prayer or meditation that you can do while you're there, while you're actually in the in the actual location. Do you bring any stuff with you when you go on kind of a magical vacation? Is there anything that you use out there? Or do you just kind of use the stuff that's already available? I, well, at first I always bring like a notebook and a pen with me to write down stuff because it'll just, you know, even though if something profound happens, chances are I'll forget it <laughs> because I just, it's just the way my mind works nowadays. Yeah. Um, if there's a place where an offering needs to be made or, or you were, where it's appropriate because you know, that's another thing. Like you don't want to just leave stuff places. Um, it's always like either some sort of a small stone, something very non-invasive. Yeah. You know, um, pennies are a favorite if you can, especially if you can collect stuff with like specific dates on it, you know, that's that's important. And even, you know, um, a, a puff of breath, is a remind you know is is you're leaving something yeah. um someone had pointed out to me and this is very true and i can't remember who who it was because the you know the, again remember my mind it just i forget things but it wasn't you know it wasn't me this was not my idea so i want to give credit where credit is due it's like just even going there is a thing yeah. you know what i mean even just like leaving a bit of your like i said like people go to certain places and they leave energy behind you're leaving energy behind you yeah, absolutely. You know, so. And, and, I mean, aside from that, you got footprints and stuff that are trampling yeah. through there. So. Oh, yeah. That's good. A, a few people have asked me um, to ask you if, if you bring any sort of magical tools with you. Because they're like, does she just kind of do these spells like on the fly? <laughs> when she's standing on a cliff. And I'm like, you know what? I bet she does. But. <laughs> well, I mean, like stuff like like drawing something in the dirt. You could do it with your finger. You could yeah. also do it in the air if you don't feel comfortable, draw, you know, drawing in the, you know, in the dirt. And, and the other thing too is like, depending on where it is, if like if it's a, if it's a Native American site, like I'm thinking, the Sleeping Giant in Connecticut, it's yeah. a park. You're talking about like Native American deities and mythology, and asking their help with something. You know, you're not going to leave something that would be litter or whatever. It would be like some sort of a natural thing. Now, if I'm like, if I'm actually going to a place where I'm like, I'm going to ask for help, I would bring things with me that would be non-invasive. Like that would be like an acceptable offering, like a crystal or like a little bundle of, of, of herbs and, and whatnot, you know, you say that, you know, you're being, you respectfully ask this, you know, I know that I am not of this, um, you know, and, and now ask forgiveness or whatever it is that you're, you're trying to do. Yeah. Also, you know, without damaging the area, you know, if there's like, I, I, I've done stuff where I've like, you know, pine cones that have fallen or a pebble in the, in the path, you know, something like that, um, you know, you're, you're kind of, you know, you just, you've moved something to, that's already there just like to another area or something like that. Yeah. Um, but like, I've never brought like, you know, well, first of all, my own practice, I don't really, you know, use a lot of, of, you know, magical tools and whatnot. Yes. Yeah. Um, I find that when I make like, when I make altars, 
again, a lot of it is mundane. On my Instagram, I have my I put a, I tried to post a picture of my Salon altar, which was like all you know ancestor stuff, um, and it was all just like like my own dishes and, and 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 plates full of food and whatnot. And I ended up like writing names on pumpkins and whatnot. Yeah, um, I'm the same that, way. I don't use a lot of yeah. stuff. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I I I find that like. The more things, and I don't know if it's because I've just, as I've gotten older, the more things I have, the more distracted I am. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, um, and I, you know, like I like stones and whatnot, and I like working with that kind of, you know, I like working with materials like that. I also like things that I can leave places like, okay, I have this stone, I put energy into it, I've done this, and now I'm going to put it here, and I'm going to leave it here, and it's not going to come back to me, you know, it might... Be like purified it's way to someone else, but it's it's, it's well. That's what I mean. It'll be purified through weather and earth and all sorts of other things, and then it will go into the hands of someone who needs it. Yeah, and that kind of thing. But I'm finding, yes, I I just like the less I have, the better. I you know what I mean. And and, and, I, and I like stuff. <laughs> Let me tell you, I like I like stuff. Um, but I I find that it's it that the more transient it is, the better. That it cycles in and out of my life. There's always something that'll come to me, yeah. And you know that it's time to bring to put something back. Yeah, I feel like when I was younger, the um, the amount of emphasis that was put on the stuff you need to like be Wiccan, especially because <laughs> uh, they they have like a list of tools. Wiccans are always my scapegoat. I feel kind of bad, but they're just they're the most organized. So they always have like these lists of tools and of stuff that you need to be able to do all these things. And I always got really hung up on the stuff. Yes. And I feel like now that I use less stuff, it's it's way easier to just kind of on the fly yes. <laughs> to do stuff. And I end up doing magical stuff more often. Yeah, but then, then there's folks that are very effective with stuff. Oh, yeah, I just, they, I, they make great use of stuff. Yes. I just, that's that's not what works for me. Yeah, I get distracted um, by stuff. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the magpie that way. If it's shiny, it's like, ooh, and then I'll be like focused on the shiny and not what I'm supposed to be focused on. <laughs> Yeah, you know. I love pretty stuff, especially like pretty witch stuff. And yes. the other day, just yesterday, I was rearranging my room and I'm like, okay, I got to, this altar has grown past this table, right? It's time to set up a second one. And I'm like, why do I have three chalices? Like, I, I don't know that I've used one in more than 10 years. <laughs> and one of those is like less than five years old. So why do I still have all of these? <laughs> well, that's what I, you know, again, like when, when I did the altar, I ended up like going through my cabinets and then, like, I found glasses that came from an aunt and uncle who had passed on. And they were they found their way into my house. So I was like, okay, you know what? This is what I'm going to put the yeah. anesthetic. And I put that out. And I was like, and it was in an aunt and uncle Frankie's glasses. And I was like, that's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect for what it is now. This came from this and, and whatnot. And then at the end of the day, and I, I put everything out after it was all over and washed them and put them back. But that sounds like the mundane you know, the mundane and the magical go together, you know, very much so. Always. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, magic's got to fit into your real life. Otherwise, it's not really doing anything for you. Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to, to like, talk about about the book? Or I know that when it comes to your own kind of artwork, there's always your favorite part that no one else realizes is actually the best. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, <laughs> always. It's so funny because like when folks will ask me like, you know, it's like, okay, well, you know, or what's in the book or what's, you know, this or that or whatever. And I totally go deer in the headlights and be like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> because 
at the end of the day, when we did a count, there were over 300 places in that book, in, in this particular book oh, yeah, that you know, could go to. And I'm just like, ah, oh, I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, and then, and then it's like, well, what, what favorite places are there? Well, it, I think it also depends on like mood and things like that. It's like, well, where would I want to go to now? So I guess it really depends. I've, I've really been thinking like nowadays I've been thinking I'd really like to go back to DC, you know, for various reasons and whatnot, just to kind of, you know, soak things up and, and be there. I just haven't had the time to, you know, to kind of go down there. And I kind of want to, I, I want to go back and, you know, just kind of, ex, you know, not just explore, but like kind of, like, I, I really would like to go to that the Museum of the um, American Indian and yeah. sit in the circle where the medicine wheel is and just kind of sit there and just kind of, yeah you know, think about things and, and whatnot. Especially now, I know um, for the Women's March, a lot of uh, a lot of Indigenous protesters all gathered at the at that museum, and, and they yep. did a lot of they did prayer circles and stuff beforehand. So I bet the energy there is still a little bit, you know. Charged. The outside of that building is just incredible. I mean, what's inside is wonderful as well. Yeah. But I mean, people tend to ignore the exteriors. That one you really shouldn't. Because there's so much going on out there. I mean, there are, there's grandfather stones there. There's, you know, there's, like I said, the medicine wheel yeah. that's, you know, in the, in the, I guess, like the warmer months, there's crops growing there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an incredible, it's an incredible place. And I, I feel like I should uh, at least go there and, and give thanks for what I was able to do. And, you know, maybe, I don't know about asking for a blessing, but like, you know, asking for, you know, guidance for whatever comes next. But I could have done better yeah. for what needs to be improved or, you know, what needs to be fixed and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'm thinking like, you know, maybe in the next like month or two or a couple months, you know, I might find myself going down there again because I need to, need to be there and see what's going on. So my last <laughs> question was, what state are you most excited to explore or write about next i mean you've got got a lot a lot of them left which one are you most excited about all right so if i get to do like i said the next one would be west yeah i'm very excited about alaska oh very very excited about alaska me too you know what (laughs) when i was thinking about this question i was like i think i'm most excited for alaska because i know nothing about alaska Oh, yeah, definitely a, um, you know, I already started pulling different things. And, um, you know, there's, again, like, you know how you were saying, like, there's like different like little pockets of cult, you know, cultural surprise things that, you know, I mean, I've already started digging stuff up about like, um, you know, just like, not just I mean, there's the there's obviously the indigenous culture that's already there. But like, all the folks that came with the gold rush and any different and what they left behind. I mean, and of course there's all the natural stuff as well. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to that. And that might be, uh, you know, that might be another, you know, another road trip. Um, I've been to, to several of the States out West, um, you know, and I don't know. I mean, like Hawaii is also in that, in that, I guess, like in that group. Yeah. Um, and while I would love to go to Hawaii, <laughs> I've known, and this is going to be strange, okay? I would love to get there someday. I don't know if I would get there 
to do the research for this book. I know enough people that have been there and that have spent time there that I can interview yeah. and, and whatnot to get a feel for things. And there's a lot of research that I can do because even with like visits, I, I, I in the, this book in, in the Northeast, I would say I've been to like about 85% of the places in yeah. the book. Not all of them by a long stretch, but, you know, quite a bit. And a lot of it's because it's my home turf. I know in the West I'm not going to be able to actually go to every single spot, and a lot of it is going to be research. Right now, A, can't see myself on a plane for 12 hours. Oh. I think that would just absolutely drive me insane. Just thinking <laughs> about it. Just thinking about it bumps yeah, me out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if I'd actually get there. But Alaska – I'm, I'm looking forward to like doing more in-depth research, but also, you know, seriously, possibly to go there. That would be amazing. Alaska's, like I said, Alaska's one of those places that I just, same with all the, the Northern territories here in Canada. I mean, there's this amazing indigenous culture that a lot of people don't know a lot about, but there's also like the other people that moved up there and chose to live there and have made like this this life out there that most people that live below that parallel line could never <laughs> imagine never oh, yeah. in a million years so i think that one's going to be super exciting i'm really pumped for that <laughs> yeah same here so i mean like yeah if i had to pick one yeah definitely alaska yeah it's i feel like it's one of the most mysterious states there is you know and then there's all the the wintry things i love winter personally it's 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 oh, one of my it's well it, it's kind of tied with fall is my favorite season but like <laughs> like just like the land of snow that's why i loved like you know all right granted narnia got better after they got rid of the white witch but i liked it <laughs> when the white witch was there it was pretty it, it was, was so pretty you know that the light post is just it's just it, not the same without the snow all around it i know right I agree I with that. I'm not even a big winter fan, and I, I kind of agree with that. Whenever I picture Narnia, there's still snow. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, land of Narnia. It's like, yeah, that's, oh, I can't. Being an adult is weird. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I'm still talking about that. My mom and I have been talking about Narnia since I was, like, five years old. Yeah. <laughs> Same conversation all the time. I love it. I will always talk about Narnia. Yeah, there I you can. go. <laughs> yeah, that's, um. That's that's fantastic. I'm really excited. I really do hope this book does well and you you get to keep going with all of these because I I just I, I this has got to be one of my favorite travel guides of all time. Oh, thank you so much. That really that really means a lot. Yeah, I, I mean I, really I, I collect travel guides and they're never quite as interesting as this one is. Like I I read it all the way through cover to cover <laughs> like it's a storybook because there are tons of actual stories in it and I I really liked that. Awesome. No, thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, that's uh, that's everything I have for you today. Awesome. No, this was fun. This is awesome. Good. I'm I'm really glad that uh, I'm really glad that you could be on the show today. And I I am really sorry about last week. Oh no no! I like I said I I was uh, you know these things happen. I mean the what do you call it? Yesterday or was it Sunday? No, yeah, it was yesterday it was Sunday, right? Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! It's already happening. <laughs> <laughs> it was the weekend, right? Um, no, uh, the other day I like I said I did an interview and again it was Skype, but then they didn't have internet. And I mean you know what are you gonna do? We you know it it, it is what it is. So yep, you know these these things happen. So yeah, no worries. Oh my gosh. I hope I get to come back sometime. That's no pressure. Yeah, you know? no, I would, I would absolutely have you back. Cause, uh, I, I want to talk about like actual, like 
magical places like a lot more and i have a lot of american listeners i hate to say it i have a lot more american listeners than i have canadian <laughs> listeners there's there's almost no canadians listening to me at all so <laughs> so being able to talk about um i i can't talk that much about stuff in the states just because i'm right. I'm, I'm only there sometimes so i i would love to have you back on the show Oh, awesome! Thank you so much. Yeah, I know there's there's another book coming out in um it, it's it's not an, it's not the next magical destinations book, but we've got a um I'm working with uh, an artist, um, Wendy Martin, and we have a coloring book coming out in the fall. It's um it's, yeah, I'm really excited. It's a magic spell coloring book. It's called Color and Conjure. Llewellyn's putting it out, so I'll make sure you get a copy of that one. Oh my um, God, I am so <laughs> excited about that. <laughs> Yeah, this no. It's so. the year of magical coloring books, man. <laughs> I'm pumped. I'm all the way about coloring books now. Have you seen that planner? No, you must have reviewed that planner. There's like I have. some sort of the planner. I'm looking at it right now. It fucking rocks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, what is that, it? The coloring book of shadows planner for yeah. 2017. I'm, yeah. I love it. I've been yeah. I've been using it, and whenever I have the desire to doodle all over the place, I just grab my colored pencils or a colored pen, and there's already something beautiful there for me. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's I, I love that. I'm really into it. It's I have a lot of fun coloring it every week. <laughs> you know that that's a, and I like the way she just organized it and just has like because it's part it's it's planner it's reference book it's it it's a wonderful it's everything i know she yeah. she did a really great job on that she did a really great job on that and like she's the reason i'm so into these magical coloring books now because yeah. i just i can't get enough i can't get enough of this and some of my stuff is still silly like there's a picture of a it's probably supposed to be a wolf or something but i turned it <laughs> into uh the johnny cash space coyote from the simpsons because <laughs> i was watching that episode because it always makes me happy <laughs> Wait, is that the one where he eats the pepper? Yeah. <laughs> the chili cook-off. Okay, all right, good. Okay. That episode's got to be like 25 years old. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember God. watching it when it premiered on TV. Yeah. But, yeah, it was Johnny Cash as a space coyote, and I just – so this this little coyote wolf guy turned into a space coyote. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, I'm having I some fun. I love the Simpsons. Yep. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today, Natalie. I'm really excited about uh, about the book, and I really hope it does well and that people realize how amazing it is. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. Oh, thank you for coming on. I, I, I had fun, too. Thank you again to Natalie for joining me on the show today, for sending me the book in the first place, and really for writing it. I really enjoyed the entire experience. She said it a few times throughout the show, but I'm going to say it again. Please buy the book from Amazon, from a local bookstore. Talk to your local metaphysical or new age shops. Maybe they haven't heard of the book. Ask if they can get it in. Stuff like that helps these authors write more of these books. I really think this book has a lot of value and I would love to see the other parts, especially because I know you are all excited about that section on Alaska. Or if you don't like the winter, Hawaii. I am too. So please check out the book Magical Destinations of the Northeast by Natalie Zaman, released through Llewellyn. And leave it reviews on Amazon, on Goodreads, on anywhere. Tell your friends about it. Thank you again for tuning in to the Fat Feminist Witch, and I really hope you'll join me later in the month. February 22nd is National Margarita Day, and to celebrate and to give us all a break from the horror that is our current political reality here in North America, I will be doing a practical magic megasode. So I'll be covering some silver screen spellcraft from the film so you can do some of the magic there. 
And so you can avoid doing some of the magic there. I'll also be talking about the novel that the movie is based on and tackling some of the sketchy herb and magic rocks that were featured in the film. So come back later in February for a pick-me-up on National Margarita Day, February 22nd. Thanks again for tuning in to the Fat Feminist Witch. Stay magical, everybody.